Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sick Doctor. Knock, knock. No, we're not talking about knock-knock. Hi, everyone. This is Dave AC in the chair, and this is the October 2017. I've said the 2017 into the name because we did an October meet-up last year, so this is Cultum Collective, episode 334, Cultum October 2017 meet-up. But there's not many of us meet-up, and I'll explain the knock-knock in a moment when I've just explained who the other person is with me on audio. No, it's not Ian. He's uh, he's having a little trouble with spam, 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 spam. He's having a lot of trouble with spam. He's casting and directing spam a lot in not so amateur, pretty semi-professional uh, theatre work. But I do have on audio with me uh, the third member of our uh, commentary team, and that's no other than Mike Randall for, and we're very grateful to have him. Hi, Mike. Hey, Dave, you missed a chance of saying that Ian was having trouble spam a lot. Ah, <laughs> uh, missed a chance. Well, I, I was too busy configuring my knock-knock joke because, uh, anyway, thank you for that. Yes, um, we do have uh, a couple of guests under the thing, so let's get the, the cone out of the way first. And we might have a short cone. Controls, new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. I won't then. I won't overuse it. I'll keep it short because this may not be considered an official call of the Colton Collective because Cybob, unfortunately, is not with us. And in fact, I'm better just get a couple of apologies uh, out of the way as well. But uh, we do, as I say, have guest three and guest four. I believe two different people came in at different times. They are most welcome. They can join in in text chat. And um, that is the full compliment. But my little knock knock joke was supposed to be in terms of uh, doing a certain, uh, uh, shall we say, um, pod shock episode. Um, and um, I'm not sure whether that knock knock has arrived yet. Uh, but I'm also worried here in the UK as I am, uh, although it's not Halloween, Halloween, of course, as we all know, is the 31st of October, and today is the 29th. We have this, uh, we've not really got into it, Mike, here in the UK. We've we sort of adopted it from you in the States. We're all about the gunpowder plot and bonfire night, and in actual fact, I'll mention about gunpowder later. But um, So what the parents do is, well, you're not doing it on a school night, so... 
the kids get pushed out sometimes on a Sunday, even though it might be the 29th. So I forewarned, Mike, that if it suddenly goes quiet at my end, it's because there's a great knock-knock on my front door. And um, I would prefer to go and answer it than leave them pounding there until they get, not their candy, don't give out candy in the UK, they get sweets. So that was a rather involved thing, so much so that I better start at the beginning again. Yeah, that's why I couldn't uh, get the spam a lot joke out, Mike. I was too busy thinking about knock-knock. Well, let's give you an idea of what we're going to be talking about. With just the two of us here on audio and possibly Ian joining us uh, later, he's a little bit under the weather at the moment. <clears throat> I think he, um, he slipped on one of those cans of spam and hurt his foot somewhat, but... Um, if he does join us, we will welcome him in the room, as we will anyone else. So what we're going to do today, well, we're trying to cover basically two sections. One is uh, our monthly meeting of catching up on some of the things that have been going on since our last meeting, and also to cover some of the uh, things that we've been watching and things that have been getting our interest. And then secondly, but more importantly and primarily, uh, we have a little bit of a topic, and that is the um, the casting for Series 11 of Doctor Who uh, with the tw- 13th Doctor, uh, the whole new setup that will be starting, unfortunately, not until quite late in 2018. Uh, we've still got the Christmas special to come in about eight weeks' time, but then we don't get anything for about eight or nine months to that. But we'll talk about more of that later. So um, uh, we do have some news from Mike, so let's find the monkey. Go, type in monkey, go. (laughs) Beat me to it there. My one news item for this month is that CBS has confirmed confirmed the second season of Star Trek Discovery, the show that uh, started a couple months ago. The first episode aired on terrestrial TV, and from then on, all subsequent episodes are here in the States on their all-access premium digital platform, CBS All All Access. over outside of the U.S., Star Trek Discovery airs on Netflix. It's available on Netflix outside of the U.S. But second season Star Trek Discovery has been confirmed. Probably won't 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 be released until 2019. Of course, this first season of Star Trek Discovery has had all number of delays. I think it was originally set to debut in 2016, sometime last year, maybe late 2015, but it had delays all the way up until August of this year. So. There you go. Star Trek Discovery Season 2 confirmed. No word on number number of episodes. This first season, 15 episodes. And then that's that's that, Star Trek Discovery, second season. Well, I've I got something that, that, that sort of follows on from that in terms of um, I was quite surprised that it got the go-ahead uh, for a second series so very easily because there was quite a lot of them. Um, they must have made their minds up almost before it aired because... Um, although it's been well received in some dramatic size um, terms, there's also been um, like when um, Abrams went into a different universe for the, the film versions. Um, there's been a lot of people saying, you know, questioning, is this um, does it fit in the timeline of um, 
the Star Trek. Um, and uh, Mike, can, I know I'm asking you the question cold a little bit. Can you place this in the timeline uh, between, you know, Kirk and Archer I can. and Kirk? Or, oh, well, please do. It takes The, the Abrams, Abrams movies take place in their own timeline, which uh, CBS Paramount have for documentation purposes, called the Kelvin timeline, after the ship on which Kirk was born in the first Star Abrams Universe Trek movie. But this Star Trek Discovery takes place about nine years before the first season of the original series. So at the time of that, that, that this is taking place, Christopher Pike is in command of the Enterprise. Spock is still at the Science Academy in Starfleet, or maybe even just entering into it. Kirk, not probably not even in Starfleet, Star, Starfleet Academy yet. So the Enterprise, the original NCC-1701 Enterprise is out there, commanded by Pike. And see, this is where a lot of the like. I say controversy. A lot of the discussion among long-term fans is is because, on the one hand, you have this technologically advanced ship that's far be beyond what what would be the case in just comparing to '60s Star Trek, the the Shatner series. This mm. is far in advance. It, it, the latest episode had a had a holodeck, and it. The holodeck was only kind of – the Kirk's Enterprise only had a holodeck if you count the animated series as canon. And even then, the holodeck here was far beyond even special effects we got in Next Generation or Voyager, which on the other hand makes sense in terms of you know progression and advancement of special effects technology, computer CGI and just visual effects compared to even back to the 90s to now. But – it just it just feels incongruous with with the original Star Trek. It just feels like why are they placing it so early at the time of Christopher Pike commanding the Enterprise and not just saying okay this is around the time of, this is after Voyager this is after Deep Space Nine where it would make sense for this all this technology to be in place but whatever it's long long answer is just, made short is just yeah it takes place between Enterprise and original series closer to the original series. Yeah, it, it, it couldn't be placed at the same time as Voyager because obviously then this ship being able to transport, well, spoilers, slightly spoilers here if you haven't seen it, uh, but the, the special drive that it's got, that, that would um, uh, impact too much on the Voyager experience and being lost in the Delta Quadrant. Um, uh, but uh, yes, um, and the other thing is that they have this idea of being projecting themselves onto other ships in in 3D holograms and things like that. But I, I must admit, won't spend too long on this. I do like the... the, the uh, this is where... I, well, probably you can do it. Sarquila so, so Martin-Green, uh, who plays Ma Michael Burnham, the not the captain, but the main character uh, in this. I, I think she's a very, very interesting character. And I also like um, the very tall... Uh, character in it that plays a science officer. Um, I think that is a very interesting uh, person, more so indeed than um, the, than the captain um, Jason Isaac, who plays Gabriel Lorca. Um, but I think it's Saru. I think the what it but anyway, um, Doug Jones playing the character. Yeah. Right. Who D that's Doug a... Jones? That's inter interesting casting with Doug Jones because he's an actor who's known for playing all sorts of slightly off-human characters, sort of monstrous characters. 
so him playing that alien character was was neat casting. But uh, just quick thoughts on Discovery so far. It takes a while for to to, to re- for the for the show to really get 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 rolling. But after seeing episodes five and six, I'm really I'm kind of more on board now. I like where the show's going. It's 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 found its pace. It took a while to introduce the characters, introduce the ship, introduce the setting, introduce the whole main story arc. But now that we're really now that we have all the characters and everything in place, it's starting to feel more like a Star Trek type show with that kind of drama, that kind of I guess pseudoscience. It's starting to feel like Star Trek. Right. Uh, one of the things that I'm thinking as well is that um, whereas in Star Trek Voyager we had them experimenting with the, the slipstream drive, as it was, that, that eventually ended up um, in them being, uh, you know, taking the uh, the ship on a faster than light and being everywhere and so on. Um, uh, and that caused such a disaster that one assumes that it's been then uh, you know, uh, put on the back burner and it's no longer considered to be usable. I think, again, without being too spoilish, uh, the, the the drive that's in development with this ship here has got to re- to reach a similar fate, I would have thought. Uh, it's got to become a dead end at some point. But I, I do agree with you that um, some of the characters now have uh, perhaps a slow pacing in the beginning did in actual fact, if you stay with it, give you a little bit more invested into uh, the, the some of the main characters, not all of whom are likable, it must be admitted. Um, but but there you go. Uh, but what I was uh, going to mention is that when you said that uh, it has already been commissioned for a second series, uh, one of the things I'm watching on Netflix, which isn't science fiction, and I talked briefly with you before we actually started the recording, and this is a series called Mindhunter, which is in the early days of the FBI trying to get this sort of uh, getting the psych- criminal psychology and criminal proofing uh, profiling of um, you know people who go on to do multiple murders and so on. And we've got a very tight cast of uh, three actors. One of the actresses is um, Anna Torvey, who was in uh, Fringe, um, and um, really um, I am really enjoying. Very gruesome indeed but that got a second go ahead for a series i think even before the first episode had aired so it had had very very good internal uh reviews from the uh the critics and it has got 96 approval 96 percent approval rate on rotten tomatoes and uh, it's very well done in the historic sense uh if you've watched uh timeless on netflix uh, that again had similar high quality uh, um, standards. The only thing I'm having, of course, though, uh, here I mentioned again before the recording started, in the UK, my Netflix is stuttering a little bit, not because my connection is poor, but I think they've got a, a very high demand as people are binge watching some of these series. Uh, luckily, they're only sort of 10, 10 episodes in a series. So. Let's move on. We've we've talked then a little bit about that. I mentioned the connection with Fringe. We talked about Star Trek Discovery. Um, while I talked about uh, um, the Mind Hunter, which isn't science fiction, let me just mention a couple of things that are sort of out of our main area of interest. Uh, one is actually uh, so far out because it's it's actual real science 
talking you were talking about pseudo science uh, a moment ago. Uh, David Attenborough, the uh, I was going to say world-renowned uh, naturist and naturalist, but I'm hoping I say that that he's known in America when I say it. Um, he had a very famous ten years ago brought out the Blue Planet, which talked about marine life, and then there was Earth. We just recently had Earth Two. Well, today starts a seven-part series called Blue Planet 2. And I believe this, like uh, Earth 2, has been uh, filmed in 4K, although we won't be seeing that. It will, uh, you have to wait for the disc versions to come out. But those are hour-long, well, I say hour-long programs. They're doing the same thing as they did last year. It's a 50-minute show, and then the last 10 minutes is the making of. And I think the idea of that is uh, that would get maybe chopped uh, in the States are even shown as a separate series. But um, I'm very much looking forward to that. And in a historical drama, again, not not uh, really in our uh, area of uh, coverage, but when, it, when I do see quality stuff on TV, uh, what I consider to be quality stuff, I do try and bring it to a wider attention. And uh, that is um, gunpowder. It's called gunpowder. And let me put... Did I put up? Oh, hang on. I've just de deleted my other link to that Mine Hunters, but I'll try and find it before the end of the show. Um, Gunpowder is just a three part story um, based on the gunpowder plot in London in 1605. Obviously, now why they're doing it, because the final episode will end around the time of the uh, first week in November. Uh, it's got Kit Harrington in it, who. Uh, Played very famously Jon Snow in um, uh, Game of Thrones. Um, and we've also got uh, other people that will be known to us here. Uh, Viv Tyler, fantastic actress. Uh, and we've got Mark Gatiss uh, of uh, Sherlock fame and uh, lots of other things. We've seen him in Doctor Who. Um, so Mark Gatiss is playing quite a nasty piece of work in in this too. They're sort of um, just three episodes, as I say, done in a super widescreen aspect, wider than the normal TV aspect. And um, as I say, I think they're, well, one hour long. So um, it may well come out as a, a full movie. In fact, this could actually be shown in the theatre. The, the, uh, the quality of the production, to me, is staggering. Uh, to say this is an actual terrestrial TV uh, show. Okay, um, also on TV, and I believe this is shown in the States in a different channel, um, or it might be Amazon Video, uh, and we're coming back to science fiction here, is um, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. Have you come across those, Mike? I'm, I know the source material, but I haven't heard of what you're about to talk about. Okay, um, there's, um, I was just said, it says five episodes here, but I think um, there are actually ten. Five have already uh, aired, but the actual one that air, is airing tonight here on Channel 4 has none other than the, our friend Mr. Cranston in it. Brian Cranston is in it. And, of course, we know him from... Uh, 
from uh, better, not I was just saying, but it's not bad. It's from Breaking Bad. <laughs> better Call Saul is the uh, uh, the follow-on to that. Yeah, um, the episode tonight. I'll just give you a little out. Well, actually, it hasn't got synopsis here, but I think actually I've got a little. Oh no, I've got a little general trailer for Electric Dreams. Now this is sort of has Sopradic, um, Sopradic not, bits, bits from different stories. Colin Spall, by the way, is in a, was in the third episode. But um, let me um, play a little clip of this. It may not sound to... Oh, and I will introduce a member who's just joined us in the room in a moment. If sacrifice and love is not the ultimate test of what makes someone human... What is? We're going on a trip. Stars shining bright. Sounds dangerous. Do your ears ring at night? Night breezes seem to whisper. I love you. Deep in my heart. And I think maybe you dreamt me too. Birds sing. It's supposed to be here. I want to live. Well, we can dream. Doesn't it seem like somebody else's fantasy? A major new drama. Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. And uh, let's welcome Cybob in the room. Welcome, Cybob. We missed you last week. We we took a risk and had an... Uh, not last week, last month. We had an unofficial call. We've got a few people under the weather. Uh, I'm here, obviously, uh, running the room as Ian Dave. Ian may join us later, but he's... Um, He's, he's not sure he will be able to make it. I've uh, ably assisted here by Mike Randall Thor. Glad to have you back. Uh, we're just talking about Electric Dreams, which is on in Channel 4 here in the UK. Uh, let me just read you a little bit about what it says about this episode, um, uh, Human Is. Uh, the sci-fi anthology continues. Intergalactic Intelligence Agency. Well... Does that, it's almost like CIA, that, isn't it? Anyway, Intergalactic Intelligent Agency official Brian Cranston returns home from another world, a changed man, much to the delight of his unappreciated wife. However, she soon begins to suspect that he's been replaced by a different person. Oh, and Liam Cullingham's in it as well. Um, of course, was in the, uh, I think, the Doctor's Daughter episode, and Ian always thinks of him as um, King Arthur, is it? From uh, one of the uh, things he was in some time back. So that's uh, Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. There will be 10. Number 6 is airing here in the UK on Channel 4, but I believe it's a um, an AMC and Channel 4 production, so... Uh, that should be shown uh, either Amazon Video or somewhere in the States. Uh, it's also a Sony Pictures television thing as well. So that's something to definitely look out for. Um, and let me put a Radio Times link in that tells you a little bit more about it. So we've just been discussing Cybob quite a few of those uh, things. Um, let me just... Uh, clear the room of those things we're going to go to the dot two things in a minute but there's one or two other things i want to mention and um 
Uh, I think we ought to go, we've talked about Star Trek Discovery. Oh, let me put that link in for, from Gizmodo about the second series. Right, um, the only other thing, and I know Mike has not uh, watched it, uh, and I don't think, uh, I guess what's in the room had, but um, Stranger Things is uh, on. Now, I was hoping that Ian would be able to talk a little bit more about this than myself. This is um, the the smash hit as it was um, from uh, just over a year ago um, with the very young cast and um, it really um, uh, caused quite a stir in terms of the the unworldliness of it, uh, the underworld, uh, um, the underside and, um, oh sorry about that, and uh, if you heard a ping, and uh, that has the second season just gone on to Netflix, uh, all there at once, and it's certainly slowing down Netflix in my particular area, and um, it follows on one year later from the events, and I'm not going to go into what those events are, but the events that led to, um, uh, well, ended in a rather large climax, and a lot of disturbed young people and some people missing, uh, we start one year later, coming up to the anniversary of that, and some of the intervening time is covered in flashbacks. But most of the main characters that we remember, the young group of boys, and uh, we are now firmly in uh, the timeline uh, when Ghostbusters uh, was at uh, the cinema screens, uh, and the actual first couple of episodes uh, is taking place around Halloween. Indeed, I think if I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to see that um, um, very early on and in the pictures that are going around, you see the boys have dressed up as the Ghostbusters to go on trick-or-treating. But um, that is only really background to the story. It doesn't uh, give you any of the actual insights as to what happens. Uh, we know Naride is there again uh, as one of the mothers. Uh, the uh, the sh sheriff is there again. Uh, this mysterious... Uh, uh, um, place outside of town where certain uh, uh, experiments have been going on is still there under new management as it were and all in all um, quite a few people that I've seen have uh, really um, jumped all the way into this um, there's a wiki page here so let me put that one in the room now I'm not going to play a uh, clip from Stranger Things because very difficult to, oh yes I will do because it's, um, I might cut it short. Let me play a little bit of this. On Halloween night, Will's a sort of shadow. Maybe all of this is happening for a reason. These are not nightmares. It's happening. And it all leads back to here. This thing. You said it was all in his head. And what have you done? Nothing. What is wrong with my boy? I don't understand. Whatever you want. She was I'm going to stop it there because uh, it, it, there's not a lot of 
It was difficult to choose a clip that was both worth listening to when I gave too much away. So, uh, Will, Mike, uh, Lucas, Mac, uh, and Dustin are back, and uh, maybe others will return. Uh, this is Brother Jonathan and Nancy and uh, Steve, and uh, we've got the, as I said, the Sheriff Hopper still there, and Joyce played by Nino, Winona Ryder. So, um, very atmospheric, very, very. Um, set in the timeline um very evocative of that age and ian uh mentioned on facebook i think yesterday uh mike that he basically binge watched all of it i don't know if he did it in one sitting but basically two sittings so stranger things hopefully if you have a way of watching that uh certainly here in the uk that is on netflix I just received a message, if you heard a ping while I was talking before, and I said, oh, sorry if you heard that. It was just a message I got from Ken, who um, is sending in his apologies. Um, he's um, not feeling too strong. He's not been out of hospital for many days, so he's obviously had to go in back for another little bit of a checkup. Um, uh, if he feels up to it, he may join us later. But uh, love to everybody in Cultum, Ian and the gang. So... Um, Thank you for that, and I just uh, sent him a message on to that. So uh, that's that. Now, uh, we will be playing Andy in a bit, but I think what might be the best thing to do, Mike, is just cover this uh, anything non-Doctor Who that I've got lined up. Then we'll hear from Andy. And um, the next things, I think we've talked about all the things in terms of TV I wanted to mention. I've just got three films to mention that people may be looking forward to. And I'll play the clips and then ask if you want to comment to them. But just to give you a chance to get uh, your thoughts together, uh, the three films coming up are Thor, Ragnarok, uh, the Justice League trailer, and uh, the last one, which may be a bit further in the future, but I was thinking it might be interesting for some of the people that know more about comics, unfortunately not with us today, uh, Black Panther, because I think that's the first of um, um, the maybe less well-known superhero coming to the fore. So I'm going to play Thor Ragnarok, and we may or may not talk much about it. So much has happened since I last saw you. I lost my hammer, like yesterday, so that's still pretty fresh. And then I went on a journey of self-discovery. Where I met you. Where are we? You have no idea. Hello, the goddess of death has invaded Asgard. Oh, I've missed this. You and I had a fight recently. Did I win? No, I won easily. Doesn't sound right. Well, it's true. Asgard is dead. And it'll be reborn in my image. I thought you'd be glad to see me. I need to stop her here and now to prevent Ragnarok, the end of everything. So putting together a team. Like the old days. I'm going to stop it there. And, of course, we've got uh, uh, 
a lot. So we've got uh, Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston, Kate Blanchett, Idris Elba, Jeff Goldblum, um, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, so we've got Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Hulk. Um, is this something that interests you, Mike? There we go. Mute, mute uh, no, yeah. There we go. I might go see uh, Thor Ragnarok when it comes out. It probably will. Um, it, it's. I've been. See, it's, it's it's interesting with the Marvel Cinematic Universe the way it is now, spanning movies and TV shows. The only side I've really been keeping up with are the movies. I, I barely watched any of the any of the Netflix shows or Agents of Shield or any of that. It's mainly been the movies that I've been paying attention to. Uh, Spider Man Homecoming was great earlier this year. I'm looking for and I've been hearing a lot of great things about Thor Ragnarok. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, it, it, it's um, when the very first Thor film came out. I went, I went to see it and I thought I'm not going to like this because it to me I was thinking it's a bit too mystical and. Uh, uh, not mystical, but about gods and so on, rather than, you know, superheroes on Earth. But I think they did a marvellous uh, uh, transmission. And, of course, uh, the Loki made a, a quite amusing baddie and the interaction between him and the Hulk. And, uh, of course, we had Iron Man in a couple of those as well. Um, so, yeah, I think they've been pretty successful. I just hope that it says 130 minutes, which doesn't seem too bad. I've been hearing criticism about some of the the newer films that have been um, just way too long, you know, going on uh, yeah. a great length. Um, okay. Yeah, of the Thor movies, the first one was great. The second one, The Dark World, I yeah. barely remember it. It was kind of formulaic with the whole R- just standard roleplay RPG format that it, that it followed. It didn't really do anything interesting. This one, however, I'm it looks promising. Right. One of the things that I found a bit unusual with it is where they had these sort of alien creatures or spaceships, but they almost looked to be swimming through the air rather than... The the motion that they used uh, misled me. I remember going all the way back... uh, Oh, now what was the uh, the film? The um, Keanu Reeves one. Um, You know, it's not... uh, The spoon isn't bending one. Um... Matrix? Matrix. Uh, and there they had the, the what I thought was submarines hiding, you know, where the resistance was hiding. And I thought they were like, uh, they were in like flood-filled caverns and it was water they were traveling through. Um, you know, so they seemed to me to mix up the movement between how something should move through what I believe to be empty space and water. Um, but at least they've acknowledged, I've noticed on a, a couple of TV series, like Wonder Woman and, and others, um, people know that aliens have visited the Earth. Um, I mean, one of the things that they always try and do, like even in Doctor Who, you know, um, you know, um, Martha was never where, there when all these invasions went on. Uh, and it's and how the doctor would sometimes say, oh, people forget and they go on with their lives. Who remembers the cyber king in, you know, Victorian London and things like that. Um, but at least now they're so much... Because, of course, one of the things, if this was the real world, these, these, um, these superheroes would be getting sued because getting rid of the bad guys, they sort of wreck half the city. Um, but there you go. But that, that was, was a, that was a huge premise, part of the uh, Civil War pr- 
premise for Captain America. But yeah, the way we're talking about there, that's a huge thing. And that, that, that could be its whole discussion with Doctor Who is, is you want the writers want their version of Earth to be real, to be for the audience to be able to connect to. And the only way you can do that is if you keep having some way of having the populace forget that they're aliens. It's kind of the thing with the Pertwee era is that, oh, they were <laughs> Earth was being invaded every single story, basically. And then now with the modern era, they keep coming up with ways of resetting everything so that no one, as you said, no, no one remembers the Cyber King. No one remembers the Sontarans invaded. No one remembers insert alien invasion here happened. Uh, just to try to keep it, you know, you could kind of see that reality as being close to our own, but then, of course, yeah. aliens exist, so on and so forth. I remember the tenth doctor saying in one of his talks, saying, um, "In in your in your world or something, like your your Earth or something," and and just occasionally there's been that that placed word to make you think, you know, this. But again, I'm watching. Um, I'm also watching because uh, I don't get them these on Netflix. I had to buy the uh, the Blu-rays. I'm watching. Um, uh, well, I've just finished watching Supergirl series two, and I'm now watching um, Flash series four. And there's a couple of stories where uh, Flash turns up and Supergirl through a, an interdimensional, and then they talk uh, in Flash. He talks about, oh, let's go. We have to go to Earth 17, our Earth two. And so they, they, they've embraced the multiverse um, as their way of explaining it. Okay, let's move on. We've got two more films. Again, I'll play the clip. Uh, if, you, if we're not going to need to talk about, we'll move on because we've been going 36 minutes and we haven't really got to the second half where we want to talk about the... Um, and this is for Cybob's benefit as well here. We will be talking about you know the, the casting announcements and Doctor Who Series 11. So this is a clip, and I may cut it short, Justice League trailer. I'll take that as a yes. What? The ring. Ben Affleck, 
uh, Superman, Superwoman, uh, again really. Um, uh, Amy Adams, I believe, is playing... Um, uh, who's Amy Adams playing? Oh, she's playing Lewis Lane. Um, so uh, we've got uh, Alfred played by Jeremy Irons and so on. And uh, what about this one? Um, well, this 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 movie has an interesting production history in the fact that it was initially written by Z- uh, Zack Snyder, who wrote the Batman vs Superman movie, and he had to he he bowed out of this because of personal reasons and in, in back in back in May, and Joss Whedon stepped in to write the remainder of the movie, uh, and he oversaw the the, the the oversaw production of the movie in, in its last last months or whatever so it'll be interesting to see how how that ends up because snyder and whedon they they are their visions for movies are just drastically different i mean compare uh batman versus superman which was which was zack snyder to the first avengers movie which was joss whedon of course different different universes, different sets of comic book characters entirely, different tones, but still, just look at Joss Whedon's body of work, I guess look at Zack Snyder's body of work. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this how this one ends up. Just I, Again, I remember all the backlash about Batman, Batman versus Superman, and how, of course, this is carrying on DC's plan, following on from... Marvel of building their own cinematic universe, so this is their equivalent of the first Avengers movie, bringing together all these characters. Of course, well, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Personally, I'm not really a fan of DC. I was, well, at least not this whole. At least I wasn't a fan of the Zack Snyder Batman versus Superman movie. I didn't wasn't really a fan of that. But this one, with Joss Whedon's participation in its production, it'll be interesting to see how it. Ends up. Yeah, I, I mean, I I eventually got to see it, but um, really, it was only uh, Wonder Woman at the end that that made it uh, that salvaged it for me. Uh, I, I mean, I've never been very. I mean, even in the um, the early movies where we had um, you know two different superheroes fighting out and having a, a sort of side issue, I never really understood uh, that. I think it was in Captain America that did that in one of the Captain Americas, anyway. Um, yeah, Civil, Captain America: Civil War, which was, kind, which was kind of all over the place. It was only a Cap, Captain America movie in name only. My, it could have been just a branded as an Avengers movie. But uh, as far as the DC movies go, I liked Wonder Woman. That was a really well done movie. This one, I, well, it, we'll, we'll find out in November. Yeah, I mean, Gail, Gail Gadot has been a bit of a revelation, really. I think she's. Uh, Superb in it, and of course we um, is this the one where we get Aquaman joining the uh, the group for the first time? I think uh, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Arthur Curry, who uh, was in, um, I think he was in Star Trek Atlantis. I think I saw him in. Um, <laughs> that would be funny because he's playing the King of Atlantis now. But uh, Jason Morman, M O M O A. Yeah, so he's coming in, um, and of course Flash. Um, again, they, they seem not to want to have the same actors in the TV series. Don't know if that's contractual or or whatever, but um, we'll see how that works out. But yeah, um, completely different style. But I think I'm perhaps looking 
forward to that one, although, as you say, a little bit... They, they both have the strengths and the weaknesses in the way they are displayed on screen. Now, let's move on to the, the last of these, and this is something that... No, this is uh, no disrespect to you, Mike, but I was thinking that somebody like Darth would want to comment on this a lot, in as much as um, this is the the, fir uh, the first black um, superhero that I think, uh, unless anybody else can, unless you can name another one at the moment, but this is the uh, Black Panther trailer. So I'll play the clip and I'll put a link in the room. Tell me something. What do you know about Wakanda? It's a third world country. Textiles, shepherds, cool outfits, all front. Explorers have searched for it. Called it El Dorado. They've looked for it in South America. But it was in Africa the whole time. I'm the only one who's seen it and made it out alive. And there's lots of noise out there. That voice, by the way, with the South African accent, is none other than Andy Serkis. No other than King Kong and Gollum himself playing uh, Ulysses Kool-Aid or something. I can't get that. Forrest Whitaker's in it, who's last in the Star Wars movie. Uh, we've also got um, Martin Freeman there, who's talking with him, uh, looking, I'm afraid, a little bit like Doctor, uh, talking a little bit like Doctor Watson, very much um, uh, playing to type. I'm, I was going to say I'm afraid, but uh, seemingly so. But we've got um, Chadwick Boseman playing the Black Panther. Um, is this um, uh, a hero you know? much about our comic only vaguely i mean I, i've never really kept up that closely with comic books just the, the movies or this this current generation of movies starting with iron man this marvel cinematic universe onward is really my best knowledge of the of, the, of these characters i've read some comics i know basic and i know basic backstory stuff for Black Panther and Wakanda and just just all, his his involvement in the story I never again I've never really read that many of the comics but uh again that we were we were talking about uh, Captain America Civil War and how that was just so many characters wrapped wrapped up into one movie that movie also sort of was also what introduced uh, that character as into the uh, cinematic universe, and it'll be neat to see his own his his own movie. Which uh, another big thing about this movie was that it's the first. I think I think as far as I, I'm, I'd have to go through the whole list of uh, actor of directors, but I think this is the first. Not only you know African American as a main main actor, but also Ryan Coogler. You know, is is, is the first. African-American director of a major Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, which is really neat to see. So behind the scenes, it's, it's been interesting to watch as this, as this whole thing comes together and, you know, what, it, what, you know, just what it means for the, for the future of the franchise and just all of these, all these movies, all the possibilities. So I'm looking forward to it. 
Well, what, what surprises me more than not that, but the guy's only 31. <laughs> yeah. <Gosh. laughs> he's, he's, he's my age. <laughs> oh, you have to do something brilliant in the next... Oh, you're doing it now. You're doing it with me. You're doing brilliant stuff here. What, what's, the, what's the podcast awards? <laughs> Best two-handed podcast for a while. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that, Mike. Um, yeah, um, unbelievable. Um what else has he directed it? I'm not sure. Uh, let me put the link that I found, the wiki link that I found of him, see if he wants to draw anything out of that. But um, we're, we're very quickly, I think, should come to an end on this one. But, um, yeah, um, what I would say, that there's an awful lot of uh, really good uh, stuff coming out. So what I'm just going to do is just do one more thing, I think, and that is... Um, uh, AV Forums, which I've been looking at recently, it was AV Forums, this is a UK tech one, but they also do about the actual the, the actual content, the stuff you watch, as well as the equipment you watch it on. Uh, and they were the ones that recommended this um, mind uh, search, um, oh, I've forgotten the name of it now, uh, Mind Hunters, Mind Hunters. Um, uh, They've got a nice list, uh, since we ought to be slightly topical uh, as we get near to Halloween. They've got a list of the top terror horror films for Halloween. I'm just going to read these through, Mike, just in case you want to make a comment. And then, uh, in actual fact, what I will do is I'll um, give you a moment. Let me use Andy. Sorry, Andy. I'm going to use Andy as a sort of chance for you to check that little link out. We'll talk about that, and then we'll go on to Dot Who. Uh, thank you, Cyber, for waiting and guest three while we get on to that. But this is how you can join a future episode of the Colton Collective. If you enjoy listening, why not join the Collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a tip client, you can call him for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone client if you have TalkShoe Live installed. We're looking forward to hearing you. Okay, now this link I put in the room is it's a long link, but you can get all these links from chatgrabber.com. Go to chatgrabber.com, put in call ID 54821, and then look up the links for episode 334. Um, and they've got 10 here. I'll very quickly name them, and then if Mike wants to pick any out as getting his recommendation, uh, then we'll do it. I will be very quick indeed. So we've got Annabelle Creation, Get Out, um, I Am Not a Serial Killer, It, and It is the new version of It that just came out, It Comes at Night, Life, Split. It's actually got Stranger Things 2 here, but that's not really a movie, but they put it in for this. And The Thing. I'm guessing might mention The Thing. The only two of those, well, until you said that the uh, it was... Uh, Specified on the list is the the new one, which is part one of two. By the way, there's a second second one coming out in a year or two. It, 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 yeah. it part two coming out. But uh, I, so I haven't seen the new version. I 
I've seen the original, of course. Um, I guess the thing is the only other one on that list that I've seen. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's I've never seen the rest of those. Well, I think that's why they're recommending them, really. But I don't think they say. I think the only ones, apart obviously from Stranger Things, which isn't a film, I think the only one of those I'd uh, uh, watch is uh, the uh, the thing. Um, and I believe there was a newer version of that, but uh, this is the 1982 version. So uh, I, I think that's probably uh, a real classic one. Um, not that I'm really into horror, I must admit. Um, you know, um, so. We'll leave that at that. So, let me just check. I'm just going to get rid of a few links here because uh, we've been talking about quite a number of things here. Uh, let me get rid of the Black Panther. So, uh, well, uh, 52 minutes. Thank you with all that, Mike. Uh, we won't, well, we'll talk a little bit about some Doctor Who news. Um, uh, just to say that uh, these are things that you may probably have heard about on other podcasts since our last one, so we're not going to spend a lot of time on them. But most of the links I'm going to read from are from DoctorWhoNews.net. It's www.DoctorWhoNews, all one word, .net. And if you scroll down. So um, Sharda, the uh, the fourth Doctor story, uh, finally gets uh, its animation completed. This is a full-colour animation. Uh, this news went out on uh, Tuesday the 10th of October, uh, and of course, it's with his uh, the, the Lardo Ward, uh, his Romana Two companion. And um, if you looked at there, you can see that there's um, an awful lot of information. Um, the Blu-ray DVD has got a lot of bonus material on it, um, but um, there is a little clip there you can see on it. I must admit, although it was filmed in colour, I almost expected that one to be black and white. I don't know why, um, but. Um, this the Sharda. Do you want to comment on that one? Because I want to nip through these fairly quickly. Uh, right. Shada, with all of its various attempts to recreate it, either using the clips that were that, that exist or just recording entirely new stuff, Palm again. Um, it's neat to see this finally being re- officially released. But then again, with all these various versions that they've released in the past, uh, either audio versions or book ver- or book adaptations or the Palm Again ver- audio version. It just feels like oh, we've been there, done that before. But neat to see this, the animation. It looks it looks to be the same audio, the same animation style quality that we saw on Power of the Daleks. So if you like that, then cool. Look forward to this. If you didn't, then uh, oh well. But okay. it's, well, your, your mileage may vary. It's one of those things. Okay, let's move on to um, uh, on Sunday 8th of October, it was announced that uh, it was 40 years of K-9. Um, yeah, 40 years ago today, it said on Saturday the 8th of October, we first met the Doctor's tin dog uh, when K-9 made its debut in Doctor Who. Um, and that was in the Invisible Enemy story. Quite like that one. That was um, reminded me very much of um, um, Forbidden Planet because uh, this is like a, a creature that appears to be sh- just pure energy that you see. Um, but um, that was... Um, I thought that was a really good story. Uh, as usual at the time, sometimes they're a little bit over long. But um, we know as well that uh, K-9 has had a few reincarnations. He, he joined Sarah Jane in their very first spin-off story and then, of course, in Sarah Jane Adventures. And more recently, he's had an animated series uh, down under in 
is it Australia or New Zealand? Now, I, I mustn't say that, you know, get upset. But um, uh, in the Southern Hemisphere, it's had its own uh, animated series. I think it's Australian, actually. Uh, in 2010, that was. Um, and it's also getting a, a yet another makeover, I believe, um, even even closer to that. I'm going to move on. Uh, we're obviously going to talk about the new casting and director news. Um, we have got one sad loss to report uh, of uh, someone related to Doctor Who since our last one. Uh, yeah, but Cyborg's put in Invisible Enemy had a bit of fantastic voyage in it too. Yeah, I I, uh, I agree with that. Um, that's the one where they miniaturise them, isn't it? Um, this is um, from, again, early in October. Trevor Martin, uh, born in 1930, uh, 87, first act played Doctor Who on stage, unfortunately passed away. Uh, first appeared in Doctor Who in 1969, playing a Time Lord uh, in the final second story, The War Games. Um, uh, however, he's best remembered for playing the, uh, the Doctor in the stage play based on the series Doctor Who and the Daleks in the Seven Keys to Doomsday, which ran at the London's Adelphi Theatre for four weeks in 1974. So, sadly, this is almost inevitable, unfortunately, the, the length of time that Doctor Who has been on our screens. And... Um, the other one we we there was another one, but we we met we realised that we had covered that sad loss before. That was the Victor Pendleton one that I was talking about with you prior. That was um, uh, the sonic screwdriver, but that was back in uh, August 14th. Wow. So here we are then. Uh, we are. Uh, thank you for staying with us. Those who've been skipping through our little delights beforehand. Uh, there was a very very big announcement. Um, uh, on Sunday, last Sunday, about new TARDIS team announced. Of course, we, we heard a short while ago that um, Jodie Whittaker was going to be the uh, 13th Doctor. The Doctor was going to be uh, regenerated into a female. Um, but when she's going to take over the 13th Doctor, she will be joined by three regular cast members, uh, and uh, let me put that link into the room. Um, Mike, we did talk a little bit about the actual video, didn't we, where the uh, Jodie Whittaker herself was revealed, you know, the, the little scene where she's walking through the forest and the key materialises in her hand and the hood is pulled back to reveal. Uh, can, you, can you remember your thoughts at that stage? We did. We, that was actually our episode then just timed out to be the day after that, that trailer was first revealed, was first shown. So we were the same weekend as that. Um, okay. Yeah, that was that was same weekend. So that's episode three, three, three. Okay, excellent. So um, the, we, we've learnt um, here that um, they announced all three at once. There's a picture of her posing. Well, actually, there's a fourth one as well, but there's a picture of her on the Doctor Who News .net site uh, with these uh, uh, another lady and two gents. Um, the most one that people have likely to have heard of is Bradley Walsh, uh, playing a character called Graham, uh, Toshin Cole as Ryan, and Mandip Gill as Yasmin. Um, 
but also joining the series in a returning role, Sharon D. Clark. Now, um, two questions I'm going to ask you, and then uh, then speak as long as you want. Do we think that the the first three mentioned are all going to be companions? And what do you make of this very carefully worded in our returning role, the Sharon D. Clark? See, that's the thing. We we don't know what Chibnall's going to do with the show. There are so many rumors going around. Everything from him uh, changing the format to 10 episodes of an hour each to whatever. Uh, presumably, the, the the characters that we see in that, in that cast, that, that promo image that's on DoctorWhoNews.net, presumably that those will be companions. But even then, that has me a bit worried because you're looking at just... The, the length of an episode, can you focus on that number, of, that many characters, and still focus on the, that episode's plot and give everything equal, deserving screen time? Uh, I'm not so sure. Will right. they be companions? I, see, then there is also the wording about the, the Sharon, Sharon Clark's character, also joined by. Is that going to be sort of a, a, a family member, sort of the same way... Uh, uh, Jackie Tyler was is we don't know, right? So you didn't immediately think the Rani or something? No, no. <laughs> it's always the Rani. <laughs> okay, I'm let's, the Rani. let's all right. Let, let's go back to the first thing. Then I did skip over you. Fine. We've now dropped down to ten episodes. That's been confirmed. Um, we originally. People were thinking, well, perhaps, you know, they're going to an hour for each episode. So if you can do the maths, um, 12 episodes of 45 minutes, uh, roughly 600 minutes. Uh, 10 episodes of one hour would have also been 600 minutes. In other words, we, we wouldn't be, you know, uh, having a maybe a cost saving by reducing it. But it's down, actually, if you count it up, it's going to be a one hour episode starters. It didn't even mention about the final episode being a one-hour one. So we're 510 minutes. We're basically 50 minutes short. We're basically the equivalent of one episode down. So we dropped down from 13 episodes in a Christmas special to 12 in a Christmas special. Uh, now we're down to uh, 10 episodes and a Christmas special. And it also looks from the wording that they're going to come back in autumn or fall, if you want, 2018. So it looks like with this number, and I think this is actually sensible, it's not going to be a split season. You, you can argue, can't you, Mike, I think, if you've got a 13-episode season, you can make an argument for having seven, then having a break, then having a six, and then a seventh with the, the Christmas special. So you basically got two half series. You can bring a DVD out or a Blu-ray with seven episodes on and lots of extras. Um, but is your reading of this is going to be We'll get the Christmas special. We were assuming, aren't we, that um, uh, she will be introduced, the Jodie Whittaker Doctor, probably in the closing minutes, the closing scene of the Christmas special. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think that's been foreshadowed quite a, a bit already. And then we're going to have to wait all the way until maybe October 2018. Is that your take? Okay, so let's let's look at the, the scheduling of this. Let's say autumn of 2018 is when this starts, and let's say that's in September. Let's say, I don't know, first weekend of September. Let's 
or some maybe first or second weekend of September. That's four four episodes a month, roughly. So you've got September, October, November. You'd be you'd wrap that up in time for uh, this for, in time for Christmas. So you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to split the series. They might. I would be surprised if they did. And then you'd have the Christmas episode two or three weeks after it, the, the series ended. So it would keep the, the the momentum of the show going if they if they scheduled it that way. Ten episode run, slight break of two or three weeks, and then the Christmas episode, and then a break until whenever series twelve starts in twenty nineteen, presumably. So I think the scheduling is there for yeah. the series to all be aired this year, or uh, yeah, next year, next year. And I think it's very certain that they'll probably have new credits. I mean, I, I've actually liked these. Uh, uh, more time related with the clocks and things. I, I know not everybody has, but I I I thought the that has been a a nice push to the actual time aspect rather than the space. And we're more than likely, I think. Um, uh, I, I was asked to come on uh, discussing who Kyle invited me on discussing who with himself and Clarence. That was discussing who episode seventy nine, and and this is one of the things we're talking about. And I was saying then that um, uh, before we have a a chat about you know this uh, what we think about the casting of the doctor and uh, although we talked about that again but um i think that the current uh, tardis will be completely revamped because i feel it it's got too too masculine a vibe now i don't mean and i said this on i don't mean that she's going to you know make it into a, a feminine nest of any sort but it's pretty much almost you know based on a uh, you know, iron staircases and iron balusters, and with the, with the sort of gentleman's club library and reading room in the upper gallery, uh, it's very much um, you know his workspace and then his library up, um, and I think that definitely needs a refit. Also, uh, if we are coming back uh, uh, late in the year, not straight away. One of the things I remember about this particular TARDIS, which I do like, by the way, the interior, um, is when it first showed, it was only half complete. Half of it, to me, seemed to be CGI'd in. Certainly all the rotating bits into the ceiling. And uh, and the lighting was very dim. And then as the series went on, it was though they were building the TARDIS during the series, and it got more and more um, fully constructed as the storyline went on. So... Maybe you know we've we've saved the budget on one episode. Uh, they, they they're going to have a new build of the TARDIS, I would think. Certainly new credits, although that shouldn't be that cost uh, costly, I don't think. Um, and I think if it does come back, it, it may be certainly not the first week in September because uh, here in the UK the kids are just going back to school then. But certainly mid September, I would imagine. We've also had this. Um, this clash here in the UK, as you know, with the Strictly Come Dancing. Now, for those who don't know, I think it's Dancing with Stars in America, you have it. Um, at the very start of it, when Dot Who would be starting, they have like 14 or 15 dancers. So the show goes on for about two and a half hours, which meant, if you remember going back to this last series, uh, as we lost dancers in the show, the show would run 10 minutes so, so Doctor Who, literally, as far as I remember, Mike, started at a different start time every week. And um, I don't think that helped that particularly much. 
Yeah, that's uh, one thing that I remember seeing the scheduling is it starts at 6.40 p.m. or 6.50 p.m. Its it, it start time is always shifted. And again, that's another thing that I find so bizarre. Just strictly being an American, having grown up with major networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, with their top or bottom of the hour scheduling, I've always found it a bit bizarre that BBC has those odd start times like 6.35 or 6. 50, somewhere between the top and the bottom of the hour. Seems a bit odd, but again, it's just those all those different lead-in shows. I was just mentioning in the in the chat here, just different shows that have led into Doctor Who, the modern Doctor Who over mm. the years. There was before Strictly Come Dancing. There was that uh, reality. There was that uh, ga- reality that game show Wipeout. <laughs> and they were just they they had this whole series of similar game shows. The the most memorable being Don't Scare the Hare. But uh, oh, yeah, it's just memorable for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> scare is a is a, is an apt word. Uh, but yeah, it's just the odd start. It, it does keep shifting, so it would be neat. Again, I my my only association with it is uh, am I home on Saturday afternoons and can I uh, uh, tune in somehow to the BBC? Maybe I don't know. But then it's, it's it'd be neat to have a unified start time. I don't know. It's different. Different countries, different scheduling, different whatever. Well, the BBC, again, because they haven't got advertisers to satisfy, you know, and, and they'd have to sort of pay a fine for not running their advert dead on the hour and say, well, you know, only two million people saw our advert that we paid for instead of the four million that we're expecting because you moved the time. They don't have that constraint. Uh, I mean, they do it an awful lot like when Wimbledon's on and other major sporties. The, the announcement will come over. Or there'll be a little strap line along the bottom saying, um, uh, if you if you're expecting the news, turn over to BBC Two. In other words, the programming comes first, um, and uh, especially if somebody like Andy Murray was playing, uh, that's the British number one tennis player. For those who are not aware, uh, if he was playing at Wimbledon, and uh, you know uh, all our hopes were pinned on him doing well, um, then they'd move the news to. Let's face it, it's not that great a hardship to move. Uh, channel with a button as long as you let the people know what's happening but to to placate advertisers by doing that uh, they there would be as you said there'd probably be a lot of the uh, probably forfeits to pay for that so we've got um so we've so we think we've got some good and some bad news i, I think uh going down to 10 episodes may not be a bad thing uh, what do you think do you think that's going to mean there's not going to be any reason for, say, a Doctor Light or a Companion Light episode because that that came out of necessity, didn't it? Yeah, that came out of how they filmed episodes, how they filmed the Christmas episode in relation to the actual series. And since they've moved filming and everything around throughout the year, we've not had that. I don't think that's really been an issue in the Moffat era is Doctor Light or Companion Light episodes. That was really in the Russell T. Davies era was when that was a concern. Uh, following on from uh, something else you were mentioning there was the redesigning of the TARDIS. Another approach to that is we've got a new showrunner, which Chris Chibnall is stepping in. So it would be fully expected for him to do whatever he wants with the TARDIS. Stephen Moffat redesigned the TARDIS drastically, not just the interior complete change, but also he changed the, the, the he changed the, the shade of blue I think it was a brighter shade of blue compared to the Russell T. Davies. He added the St. John, John's Ambulance 
sticker to the to, uh, to the front. So it changed the design, changed the the size and thickness of the windows and the window panes. So just minor and major redesigns like that are just would be completely expected going into a whole new era. Title sequence too. Right, right. Um, yeah. Um, I, I mean, in in, in some ways, uh, he, he took the job as you say because of this shake-up that he wanted to are on the on the grounds that he was going to give be given free reign. Uh, I think that's also why we have this situation where, uh, I mean, I know there are there are fans out there, Kyle, not mentioning any names, who would like certain. Uh, misses and things to come back uh and um certain other characters um but i i think yeah it's almost going to i think we could go as far as to say it's going to be another reboot can't we yeah i and that's the thing with doctor who is that that's built into its structure you can reboot a whatever uh and that's kind of the nature of the show regeneration change it has the, the saying is, it's a show about change. And I would prefer, I would honestly prefer to going into this new era to just start from a clean slate, not revisit any characters, not revisit anyone from the Moffat era, not especially not anyone from the Davies era, because just looking into the history of the show, we're in, 2000, we're in 2017 now, that's looking back at 2005, 2006, that's ancient history as far as TV goes, even, let alone the internet, that's 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 a bygone era. Just I would like the show to start anew. Start with the, just the basic knowledge of the show. Okay, you've got, you've got the Doctor, you've got the TARDIS traveling on in time and space with a companion. There are monsters out there, aliens. You got the Daleks are presumably going to return. There are going to be some returning faces there, but returning characters on the Doctor's side, I, I no. I would just like to just set off, meet entirely new characters, not have any ongoing story. That That's what I would prefer. I mean... Right. Let me just ask you one, then. Uh, does, would that include Susan in your mind as well, the granddaughter, Doctor's granddaughter? Well, at this point in the show, <laughs> I'm sure her last appearance was, what, the five Doctors? There's no reason to revisit that character. Okay. That's, I mean... I know there are some that feel strongly for and some that say no. Like that's yourself, only that's, not yeah, that's, yeah, that's only playing towards long-term fans. What Tribble really wants to do is bring in new fans. That, that, right. That's what that's what Moffat kept doing with every new series, especially this last this, his last series is is structured in a way to bring in new fans and doing long-term continuity-heavy stuff like that alienates. People who might think, oh, I'm going to start watching this show. Oh, I have to go back 50-plus years in, in the back catalog to find out this character? Yeah. Let it be. Uh, look, Mike, believe me, 50 years goes by in a flash, I'll tell you, matey. So, uh, anyway, that, that's just a slight tongue-in-cheek remark from me. Um, yeah, one, one of the things I would say is that... Uh, and, and this was thing Clarence saying on this discussing who that I joined. What he liked about looking at this picture was that that we've got a a, a diverse cast here. You know, um, we've got we've got the older man, and we've got two uh, t- two of the cast members of, of slightly different off ethnic origins, I believe. Um, one thing I'm more particularly 
I don't want to crowd it, Tardis, but I, 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 I would hope that we're not going to have, obviously, with the Doctor being a female uh, Time Lord here, if she was travelling with one person, then there's, there's, there's always going to be this sort of, is there going to be a sexual tension in it and this, that and the other. I like the idea that maybe, the, we don't know, of course, it, it's fairly loosely described as companions here, but um, I'm hoping that the, the two younger ca- actors that have been brought in aren't going to be a couple. And, um, you know, I hope it's going to be more of a, an eclectic group. Maybe they'll all start together. Maybe she she picks them up. Um, um, again, I was saying on this call that, uh, you know, uh, we've had the Doctor where, you know, people have stowed away in the TARDIS. Um, uh, with Stephen stowed away, I think. Oh, he found his way in as a spaceman. And then we had Adric hide away. And we had Tegan uh, get into it by mistake. So it well could be that this sort of... Um, these people get almost collected on air on the... Oh, I like the Seventh Doctor and Ace. He meets, uh, you know, serving in a cafe on a, another world. Um, but but I hope there's no, not any... Um, not partnerships, that's the wrong word. Uh, I'm not saying that as a woman she would have to have a companion. But the the the, the reason I put forward, uh, Mike, and I don't know if you want to counter-argue this or whatever, is if, 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 let's say, they'd come with her and one strong male companion, like a Steve, you know, um, are, are going all the way back to, you know, one of the strong guys. If they were on a planet of danger, you would assume that that male characters uh, would, would sort of automatically put himself between her as a female to him because he wouldn't know he wouldn't know her strengths maybe if they first met wouldn't know her resourcefulness her intelligence you know her ability to instill fear in whoever they meet and therefore he would be sort of trying a protective role and of course that would then relegate her to a more secondary thing in other words they'd go to a planet and you can see this idea you know uh, the leader of the planet would automatically well not automatically but may often address the man and she she has to say hey mate i'm running this you know i'm i'm but he's my assistant uh, do you think that's going to would that cause problems do you like the idea that um it's going to be a little possible group of three with her there's so much to to unpack with that. The this, the basic. I'm just trying to think of a, of a tact into this. First thing is the whole thing with a female doctor is I would I would prefer if the showrunner was herself a woman and it's just ah, yeah, to sort of point. better better write the character, which is kind of my been my problem with with Jodie Whittaker being a doctor yeah. now with with a uh, with Chris Chibnall. I mean. It's it's they could have done something much much more major with the show much major of a shake up with the show which is again I I don't know how the writing for I mean I would prefer if they wrote the Doctor as just the Doctor and kind of left all of that out I mean they could they're they're Moffat kind of approached this with with the the, the end of series series ten with his whole conversation with Bill about. You know pronouns and time lords and, and and gender and how that's just not really an issue with time lords. And then Bill's response with, "Well, why do you call yourselves time lords and not 
you know, whatever. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this how this plays out with with Chibnall writing the show, and you know, the, we, we don't even know the writers yet. We don't know who's writing each episode, and that's another thing is that there have been rumors going around that Chibnall is going to change the structure of how the episodes are written to be more of a writer's room format. And just a quick discussion on that, a writer's room format is how sh- a lot of American shows are, are written, shows like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. It's where you have all the lead writers of the show who actually meet up in person in an actual room and toss in, toss around ideas. Okay, th- this is what should happen in episode one. This is what should happen in episode two. Okay, let's get a, co- let's get a, co- co- a cohesive vision of the overall structure of the show. That's how shows like Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul have such cohesiveness, is that there's such close interaction with, with the writers. And maybe we're not going to have episode-specific writers anymore, which is its own discussion. Doctor Who is all about writers, to the point where they are mentioned on the title sequence, you know, story whatever, by whoever. Uh, this, this a writer's room would completely do away with that. How that would affect the character, we don't know yet. The, the production of the show isn't even set to start until I, I think it actually starts in a week or two, which is why the BBC went ahead and announced the, the cast like this because they knew, like the, the they knew people would 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 see people out on filming and say and think, oh, who's that person hanging out with Jodie Whittaker? That must be an important character in the show. Let's take that name down. Let's let's spread it around the internet. So right. we don't we I, I I don't think we've had a confirmation from the BBC of how the writing format of this of Chibnall's version of the show is even going to be. Again, a lot of rumors about switching to a writers' room format, which would heavily in impact it, what what we're discussing discussing here how the doctor is portrayed not just in one episode but overall episode to episode will it be co- con- continuous will it be a cohesive vision of the character we don't know there's just a whole lot that goes into this and nothing's been confirmed yet right i, I mean i i agree with what you've said there uh, some people may bring up the analogy that used to be made in jokes that um you know, a camel was designed by committee, and that's why it's an odd-looking animal. You know, because uh, uh, you know, if you feel the tail, it's a snake. If you feel the thing, it's a crocodile. You know what I mean? But but, but I do think uh, there is a great strength in that. Certainly, where you've got very strong, um, you know, themes running in throughout. Uh, let's just we, we we may well need to close soon, but let's just mention this. Uh, uh, first director of Series 11 that's been announced, and this is um, uh, Jamie uh, Childs. Um, don't know a lot about him, but again, uh, seems to be um, the young people are doing uh, well here. We talked about the young director of that movie. Uh, this particular gentleman himself is, is quite young. Um, let's see what it says on the .whonews.net site. Um, Childs is responsible for directing the third 13th Doctor Reveal, which int- uh, introduced uh, Jodie Whittaker. Uh, news is released on the website by his agent, which confirms the director will be working on the first production block in the next series. Not being yet confirmed which episodes will be shot during his production block. Uh, it does say that pre-production work on Series 11 began last week, uh, and this was posted yesterday uh, for transmission in autumn 
2018. Um, the, he hasn't got a wiki page, but he's got an IMD page. He's worked on the Lucky Man series, the Stan Lee TV series. Uh, he's also worked as a second unit director on Poldark, which uh, gives me uh, great encouragement. And also Vera. Vera is uh, Le- Brenda Blackton um, series. So, um, you know, this this is a person that uh, has cut his teeth already uh, at a, a youngest age, um, you know, in the in these sort of things. So uh, that that bodes well, I think, to me. Um, uh, and we did start to have a few more female writers. I remember there being the news item, wasn't it, that um, um, we don't go out looking for female writers, but we want to bring female writers into the role. It's basically, uh, you know, they find the talent and he or she may be a he or she. But um, anything yeah, you want to say on this stretcher? And interestingly you. enough, that quote that you were paraphrasing, that was Stephen Moffat in, in an interview talking about, you know, the diversity of, of of writers and up until like the last series or two that was it was all guys writing and then we we've, we've had more women writers for the Moffat era being brought into the fold hopefully it'll continue that'll trend will continue going into this new series but again it's 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 a mystery it's all up in the air okay well let's let's just, um bring ourselves um to an end here I'll give you if you want to make any closing comments on about what you hope for and what you fear for uh, in the upcoming series. Um, give you a moment to think of your response to that, whether it's short or of any length. Let me say, um, I'm hoping that with the reduction down to 10, we because we, we know that even if the budget doesn't go down, because of things like you know cost uh, ever rising costs production costs and costs of living going up in effect that that equates to a cut so we're hoping that the 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 situation will be that we can have 10 uh, full episodes of these new companions uh, i hope they're not all contemporaneous earth people so i would like to think that you know one of them maybe collected in the past, one of them collected in the future, and maybe one of them collected off-world. Um, I don't particularly want them to be in a relationship joining the uh, the thing. I, I'm looking for... Um, I suppose I'm looking for newness, like you say, and a difference and a reinvigoration. But I'm also, again, I, I know it's taken me quite a while to process, process having a female doctor. Now, I don't want to rehash all this. My only reason for saying that was this particular doctor that we know from his very first leaving Gallifrey has chosen to be a male. Ah, maybe chosen is the wrong word. Has been a male in each of his incarnations. We know the female Time Lords seem to be able to have more control over what their next generation will be. Uh, We remember, you know... um, uh, what was it? Um, you know, I wonder if I get in a size 12 dress or something, size 16 dress and things like that. And Romana changing things about. Um, so, but I've come to accept that this is, this is, you know, a new take on Doctor Who. It's one that's uh, extremely fitting to the audience and the, the makeup of the world as we are now in. Uh, I don't have any, you know, 
hang-ups about it. I, I suppose it's inertia that I would, in a way, have preferred it to have been a male uh, incarnation of the Doctor. But, you know, I, although I didn't process it as quickly as some of my more liberated and, and more forward-thinking friends, um, you know, I can see that it does open up new vistas, new areas in which they can take it. So, um, I'm very positive, indeed. Uh, in fact, the only downside is that we'll get the, the Christmas special, which indeed I am looking forward to. I don't really usually look forward to Christmas specials, but to me this is quite a, a, a changing of the guard, this particular one. And we've also got that nice thing, uh, again, this is not a spoiler, we saw it at the very end of the last one. We've got him, uh, the 12th Doctor, and coming round the corner, we've got the first Doctor. So we've got a very great synergy there of, 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 of their two uh, situations. And I, I think um, all that should lead to interest. Where you live in interesting times is one of your Japanese sayings, I believe. So, yeah, very positive. Uh, but I will still be not behind the sofa because I'm frightened. I'll just be apprehensive that they they make a pig's ear of it. But uh, it seems as though you know they've got plenty of time to get it right. They've got um, a lot of um, talent being brought on board. Jodie Whittaker, when I found out that she was the actual actress, that definitely um, eased my mind somewhat. Um, um, I thought, um, as a choice, uh, a very strong uh, person who could draw on uh, lots of things, uh, seen her in Broadchurch and other things. Um, so, Mike, that's my summation. Any final thoughts, hopes, worries? And we'll close. The, t- the timing of this Christmas episode, introducing David Bradley as the first Doctor, just looking beyond the show to its ongoing production in other formats, namely Big Finish. It's interesting to know that Big Finish have already announced and starting starting next next year they're doing a series full series of first Doctor Adventures, Doctor Who for their Doctor Who audio range, starring David Bradley as the Doctor. So he starts off here and in uh, in this episode and then he'll continue on in uh in audio adventures as the first doctor so if you like david bradley's portrayal which again i'm talking about an upcoming episode one we've only seen trailers of if even that just brief clips uh then you have that to look forward to from big from big finish uh for the show itself the one thing that's concerning me more than anything else is this is the, the one aspect of this casting announcement that's that's really bothering me is the number of cast members. I kind of mentioned I mentioned this briefly earlier in the show, and that's the number of new cast members and the fact they're being referenced as recurring, returning characters, which in Doctor well, Who one. terms, yeah. oh, one, one, one? Sharon, was, no, just Sharon D. David, uh, Sharon D. Clark okay. is the but, returning one. So the others aren't companions then. No, no, sorry, I meant when you, I was referring oh, to the returning no, yeah. aspect. Yeah, which would be, which would refer to a companion as well. They're, they're returning characters as well, recurring characters per oh, episode. Oh, recurring, yes. Yeah, recurring, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, that, what concerns me about that is the number of characters combined with the, with episode length, which, okay, we're, let's say we're going to 60-minute episodes. 
I, I mentioned this earlier, just balance. It's going to be tough to balance that number of characters with the, that episode's plot. And if you want to do character development, Cybob uh, uh, says in chat they're her friends, uh, which in terms of Doctor Who, bring suggest companions traveling along in the TARDIS. Again, we'll see. We don't know. Um, it, it, my point here is balancing screen time with, with developing these characters as opposed to that episode's plot. They land on planet whatever and meet up with alien with the alien whatevers and deal with that plot. But then you have to do you have all these all these characters to develop. Um, will they have enough screen time? Is this going to be like the Peter Davison era where we had too many companions and in, in the TARDIS at once? I don't know. Maybe maybe Chimnall can do it. Maybe his writers, whatever writers he brings into the show, maybe they can handle it. Maybe they can pull this off with this number of characters. I mean, we kind of we had a similar thing in uh, last half of Eccleston's first series when we had not just the Doctor, we had we had Captain Jack, we had Rose, we had Mickey, and Mickey was kind of more in series two or whatever. But we had this, sort of a similar number of characters, and it was done okay. So they they can do it. It's just. I'm not sure of, of the balance. Can it work? And we'll we'll see. I'm looking forward to these characters. I'm noticing on their i I've noticed look through their IMDb listings and noticed that a uh, common thread that they all have they've all appeared on either Hollyoaks or EastEnders or Coronation Street over in the UK. Bradley, all all three all these all these actors have Holby City, um, which Holby City I guess is more of a medical medical drama, not really a soap. I guess I don't know. Never seen it. Uh, but they, they they've all been on on these similar type shows, so uh, which are air around the same time as Doctor Who, I guess. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm not too familiar. Again, I'm American. I haven't seen these shows. Um, Coronation, no, sorry, EastEnders is the one I have most most yeah. familiarity with because PBS affiliates show it here in the states. Anyway, looking forward to seeing what these new car- new actors bring to the show. Jody, the, all the all the rest of the cast, looking forward to seeing what what Chris. Chris Chibnall brings the show, how he changes up the format, because the show is all about change. What qualities of the Doctor will he keep? What new qualities will he introduce? Every new incarnation does. And I guess at the end of the day, my question is, how many of Patrick Troughton's mannerisms will stay around? Because of all the actors who played the Doctor, Troughton is the definitive Doctor. His, his, his mannerisms have lasted throughout the whole run of the show. You could see his acting and all the others. How much of that will remain? I don't know. Well, it's, it's a whole new era of the show. It's, it goes back to, 2000, uh, to 2010, I guess, when Moffat took over, when it was a whole when it was a brave new world, whole new territory, unexplored. We didn't know what to expect. Eleventh hour aired. I like that episode, and we will go from there. We'll see where where it goes. It's 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 an unknown quantity right now. I'm looking forward to seeing the new version of the show. So again, it's a <laughs> well, we're looking that, at a year <laughs> in the future. We're looking a year in the future, and we'll see then. Yeah, excellent. Thank you, Mike. Uh, yeah, uh, one thing I would say is that down to ten episodes, there's, there's going to be no room for a, a three-part story with monks in that could have been done in two. Uh, there's, uh, hopefully, they'll squeeze any of that that padding out. But with that um, 
that's a, a wrap, I think. Uh, let me find my outro. Uh, well, I want to thank Cybob for coming in a little bit later, but joining us and staying with us. We had a number of guests, three, four, five, and six. Uh, uh, we want to wish, I know that Ian's not been too well and, and, and is doing lots of other work. We, uh, we mentioned uh, Ken Kenneth and... Um, uh, and if Rick's listening to this, I, I, I hope Rick is okay. He's obviously not been on Facebook for a while. I do hope he's uh, okay and uh, we want to have him back on. And hopefully some of our regulars. Our next show, episode uh, 335, will be uh, in a month again. And that will be on Sunday, November the 26th. And as the moment, uh, we've not got a topic for that. We'll uh, no doubt find that lots of things happen between now and then. Remember, if you're not uh, only interested in science fiction, check out uh, uh, Blue Planet 2. Check out uh, those other things that we've talked about. And I'm just going to thank Mike. So um, I don't know what we can do our commentary style uh, closing, but um, thank you very much indeed, Mike. And uh, this is Dave AC uh, saying, please come join us live next time. And we will try and get back to the commentaries once Ian stopped eating all that spam. Bye, Mike. Bye, Dave. And we'll play the outro. Bye, everyone. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.